recording this. Okay, what's going on, yo? It's your boys Jordan and Abraham. He's a professional runner, so he's your fast friend. I'm an MD PhD student, so uh, I guess I'm your smart friend. But most importantly, it, we are your friends that read One Piece. And I'm not going to lie, it's been kind of tough not being able to read One Piece these last couple of weeks because hard, man. we got a chapter. We got a chapter early, and then we also have a break week. So I think we, we've got a couple weeks here where we're not going to have a chapter. And so today, given the end of Kuma's flashback, we decided we want to talk about our favorite flashbacks in the series. Jordan, start us off. What are some of your favorite flashbacks in the series? Listen, man, you know, One Piece, the series, obviously, with amazing flashbacks. You got the Odin flashback where honestly, I think the best part of it is just Roger laughed. You got ones that are crazy with the lore, you know, new stories like Big Mom. You got ones like Ace's flashback, learn about Luffy's childhood, Ace growing up, finding out, finding love and, you know, parenthood for the first time in Whitebeard. But you know me, man, the volumes of One Piece that I grew up reading over and over and over. It's East Blue. I had that volume 1 to that volume 11. Mm -hmm. Maybe that volume 12 and that 9, 10, 11, that, that range. Arlong yeah. Park, Nami's backstory. Yeah. yeah. Nothing will ever hit me like that. You come after, yeah. setting you up for that Luffy help, showing her those moments where after she leaves yeah. the Baradier in tears, crying, Belle Mir getting her mom gets shot right in front of her face because she won't deny that Nami and Nojiko are her actual children. Yeah. Nami's flashback, man, that, that, that will always do it for me and be the, that the hits. One flashback it, it, that's special for me. It hits hard. No, no, you, I, I agree. Nami's flashback is, is a, it's a tough one. It's like, Ooh, I think it's, it's in my, I would put it in my top three. It's it's it it hits hard. It's like I had to think about it versus another. There was another one that I'm sad that I'm gonna have to take out my top three. But yeah, Ooh. I put Nami's in my. What, top What was three. that? You know, can I want I, what? Help me remember what Chopper's flashback. Chopper's top. Chopper's flashback is my oh, is, is number four for me. Chopper's goes. I was hard. like, do, which one do I? Because I I I love Doctor Healy Luke so much in terms of non Straw Hat mm. characters. He's one of my favorites. Like, yeah. Yeah. So bro, it's, the, it's, when, when Chopper comes back with the mushroom, bro. Yeah. I know. Mushroom, I know. He's beat. He's beat. His face is half bloodied. Yep. And you know that that yep. thing is poisonous. Yep. Ooh. Yep. Oh, oh my, God. my God. Wait a second. Cry, I just the, the tears, the tears with the cherry blossoms blowing yep. and Chopper in the full open mouth cry. Ooh, boy. No. Bro, you didn't even hit the best part. No, the best part is Hilo Luke's speech about when a man dies. <laughs> what? When he's talking <laughs> to Dalton and Dalton is just in tears. And oh, that whole flashback is just has such a special place in my heart. Um, But I actually realized I fucked up because actually both of those two are my first cuts out of my top three. 
because those are those are four and five respectively. You know, can we just go through some good flashbacks before and then rank them? Can we go through some of the good ones? That's fine. Then we, That's you know fine. What I'm That's fine. I just I, I'm just you know because I was thinking about them and I was like, oh wait, now, I'm like, this I forgot is too about many. There's too many, you know. And I, and I <laughs> yeah. almost wanted to like write them down beforehand, but I was like, yeah. no, nah, man, we don't prep like that. We don't prep no, like that. No, it's off the dome, <laughs> right? And I, but yeah, but no, both of those both of those are special, and. I mean, for for for, oh, like, the obvious one is is obviously Robin's flashback Robin's for the longest flashback. time. For the longest Ooh. time, that was the that was my goat flashback. That's that's, you just, you know, we it was so we knew nothing about this woman, you know, nothing forever, serious, just, and then the whole. I think it's part of it is because Ennis Lobby itself was so well written. You know, the whole crew is falling apart. Robin is leaving. We don't understand why all this shit is happening. Right. And then we get this whole history and we're just like, damn. This Bro. girl's life has just been fucked. Like, Bro, my friend, my one of my roommates, or the guy who lived above me maybe two years ago or last year, he was reading One Piece. And it's because nope. you forget how mysterious Robin was when you, you know the story. We've been on this for 15, 20 years since Robin joined the crew for real. Yep. He, he's reading one. He's watching one piece and he's saying, ah, I still don't trust her. I don't trust this woman. I don't trust her. I don't believe she belongs. She leaves the crew. He's like, man, I, I knew it. I knew she was evil. I knew she was bad. I don't trust her. Yep. And to, to, to be in that place, Again, when you're experiencing the story and learning why she's become the person she is and what she went through, her mom dying in front of her as well as all of her friends are murdered in front of her eyes. Anyone who was even in that same place and the lore. It's, It's honestly Nami's backstory scaled up in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Like Nami first joins the crew. She's like very clear. She's like. You know, I'm just riding with you guys. I'm not actually, I'm not actually a straw hat. Eventually, kind of appears to betray them and abandon them. Right. We don't really understand. Like, it really is like almost like that part of it seems like a repeat of Nami's story, just scaled up. And then, obviously, like you said, we get so much more with everything we learn about Ohara and the Poneglyphs and stuff like that. And Bro, we just learned about moons. Clover yep. was about to say the name of the ancient kingdom. Yep. We didn't know about the ancient kingdom. Yeah. And he's he was about we didn't know about that. We think about that. We know about it for 20 years now. We didn't know about the ancient kingdom. And and Clover was about to say that before he got shot right in the face. Yep. Yeah. What 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 that flashback means, not just for our characters, not for Robin, but also for the whole series. Yeah. It's hard to it's hard to it's hard to outdo that. It's hard to outdo. No, I know, I agree. I agree. Um, the next after that, the next flashback in the story that really moved me, that kind of way. And what was it? What 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 was the next? One? It was it was not it was not Luffy eight the Luffy Ace flashback. Like that was a nice right. flashback. I enjoyed it. Um, I, I like it was it was a good flashback, but it was it it was it wasn't special to me. The one the next flashback that really got me was the Fisher Tiger. Flashback. Oh man, here he goes, the Fishman Fisher, Island. Tiger flashback. Man, here he goes. My fishman island is so good. Peak fiction. Peak fiction is the flashback. When I like, I rewatch that scene. You know, do you have like, I rewatch. I feel like we talked about this. You know, I'll rewatch anime scenes 
from different yeah. series yeah, yeah, to yeah. make me feel whatever emotion I want to feel. Like if I want to get hyped up, you know, like you, I think we said, you know, you can watch something like the the Colossal Titan Armored Titan reveal, uh, or yeah. like, or like I'll be watching the trailer, or like like Wrath Wrath jumping in and like fucking up uh, a bunch of people in like Full Metal Alchemist uh, stuff yeah. like that. If you want to get hyped up, if I want to ever just watch be my in my AMVs, fe- you know, watch yeah. my AMVs. If I want to <laughs> be in my feelings and just get a little bit sad, I watch. The moment where Fisher Tiger is 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 preaching to his crew, including Arlong, where he's just like, guys, look, I know that I was wrong with my approach. I know that the right path is for us to coexist with these humans and that Otohime is right. But there's too much hate in my heart, like mm. because of my lived experience, for me to ever overcome my own bias. So don't tell anybody what happened here because I don't want to poison the future generations. And his conviction was so strong that he literally chose to die rather than to accept the blood of the humans that he hated so much. And it was just, it was such perfect writing because I feel like a lot of these kinds of characters, like like a Fisher Tiger, they're either written like an Arlong, you know what I mean? Where Where they're just like, you know, become they're they're written almost like they're evil and you know right. are, are 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 just trying to be vindictive and whatnot. Or they're kind of written like like Otohime. Otohime. You know what I yeah. yeah. Um and he was he was a good man that was just flawed at the, not even flawed at the end. He just a good man that ha- had trauma that affected him from acting in the way that he he knew he should right and i thought that was just so to to me that that is one of the greatest backstories i've ever read and that's 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 the one that's keeping dami and chopper out of my top three i'll tell you what man that backstory might have gone hard if the villain for that arc wasn't hody jones (laughs) yeah hody 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 was mid as fuck bro you lose you you lose the zoro underwater and right. I, I, I've just lost respect for you. <laughs> right. Like, bro, you know, because I'm not even going to lie to you. I recognize that my argument against that being a great flashback has nothing to do with how good of a flashback it was. Yeah. But it's like, man, it's just that whole arc is so forgettable because of how bad the villains were <laughs> and how annoying the setup was. And it just felt like for an, for another arc, maybe it's all the ones that get talked about for a long time and disappointing. Fishman Island got talked about for a long time. We got distracted. Go to South by the Marineford. Eventually yeah. come back. Now we go to Fishman Island. Oh man, this this week. Yeah. We go. We go. We talk about Wano from Thriller Bark. We go Punk Hazard. We go wherever. We show up in Wano, and it's like, man, this is gonna take this long. And Kaido, we we not even getting a backstory, and we're just gonna beat him with a punch, even though Oda, you said you wouldn't do this. You said yeah. you weren't gonna do this. I. That was the crazy thing. I, I, I couldn't <laughs> believe that happened. I, it's like, what? It's when like you said, in- you said you have to think of something more creative. Nonsense. But man, so I get it, man. But it's just like, I it's not a part of the story on the whole that I was moved by. And so my yeah. ability to be moved by that villain feels less. Or not villain. He's not a villain. But to, to be moved yeah. by that character's backstory 
feels yeah. less. Now, maybe if we get to the end of the story and there's more significance to the relationship between fishmen and humans, which obviously seems like it's been a major theme and we understand how that matters and we kind of come back to that theme and I go back and read through, maybe yeah. I'll come up and I'll appreciate it. I have a question for you. Because you just it. talked about how much you love East Blue, right? Yeah. Did did the Fisher Tigers flashback and the Fishman Island arc as a whole not improve how much you enjoyed Arlong Park? Because I feel like rereading Arlong Park, read like it reads differently once you understand that these fishmen aren't just like jerks who are enslaving these humans for no reason, you know? It does read differently, but I just loved Arlong Park in the first place. <laughs> and so it's, it, it, it's not like it really like improves or changes my enjoyment. It doesn't elevate Arlong Park. I thought Arlong Park was a great piece of storytelling in the first place. It I is, really enjoyed is, going but... through there. And so for me, it, I think it does add complexity to characters like Arlong in a way that's meaningful. And honestly, because because it's a part of the story I haven't been as engaged in. I haven't reread Fishman Island as much as I've reread many parts of the rest of the series. And once I eventually do get through buying that part of, of the series, I will reread it, become more familiar with it, etc. I just have a lot of other parts that I kind of want to buy more before I actually Not reread you. it. So, you know, when the time comes, it'll come. What 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 do we have next as far as flashbacks? Is it all the way to Dressrosa before we get into the flashbacks? Yeah, I, I I think the next one is Doflamingo slash Law. Oh, Law Law's flashback, yeah. man, bro. Yeah. Law's flashback. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, man, that that boy had a hard childhood. He did. He. It... So I think similar to, it's a it's Law's flashback. I feel like is objectively sad. But Law's also never been a character that I cared about all that much. So I feel like because of that, I cared about what? his flashback. Yeah. I I've I've I've, Bro, I've what? Yeah, I've never I've never been a huge Law fan. I didn't care about Law. I didn't care about did, did, like I feel like one of the reasons why Wano wasn't as good for me as it could have been is because I didn't really I was like, why 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 is Big Mom here just to get like just to fight Law and Kid? Like I don't like Law is fine as a character. He's not. He's not Kid. You know. I think Kid is. To this point, Kid has kind of been like at a waste. It's very disappointing. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's kind of been a waste of of screen time, right? He's a piece of and trash, Law, like out of trash that he, he heaps around yeah. his arm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm more saying like Law has just been like. I don't know. I just he wasn't a character that I loved. He was, just, and I I feel like maybe I just wanted to get more time with the Straw Hats rather than. A non-stra hat and a lot of post time skip uh revolved around law. Um but I feel so his his flashback was objectively very, very sad and well written. I love right. Corazon and all of that stuff. Um but it just it doesn't move me it, it doesn't make me feel things the way Chopper's flashback makes me feel things or Nami's flashback makes me feel things. I don't so what I noticed with you and Chopper's flashback, right? Because we look at the different moments. I'm really into a lot of those real character moments of Chopper crying. You're like, what is what is the inspiring theme here? Yeah. What, yeah, yeah. what is it that Hero Luke said about what it means to be a man yep. and what it means to be remembered? Now we're gonna be talking yeah. about more, more about a little bit later about what it means to be a man, but <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but in Law's story isn't so much. I don't think there's a real there isn't a level of what does this mean? There's not a theme to it beyond what it means for the character himself. Yeah. 
And I think for me as a piece of character storytelling, I think it's beautiful. Just the what it means, how you understand his relationship, his relationship with Do Flamingo is different. Understanding Corazon's relationship with Do Flamingo is is different. It helps you understand the Do, Flam Do Flamingo family better. And it kind of helps you understand why Law is on a journey to sort of whether it's fulfill his destiny as a D or something like that. All of that sort of comes together in a way with this incredibly emotional story that gets told. And so that's why I think it's such a great backstory. It's not about what it's trying to say. When you say, I don't care about law, it's like that backstory is supposed to make you care about law. That's fair. That's fair. And it is, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I don't want to sound like a hater. It's a great backstory, you know, but like, yeah, I just, yeah. In terms of, um, I yeah, I guess you are right. A lot of these backstories that I, I do really like, they either they either have some kind of deeper philosophical message or or they I don't know. It's just because say yeah, Fisher Tiger is a great example of what you're talking about there. Fisher Tiger is a great because example of that. The moment you so always talk Luke. about is not yeah. you saying you're not saying, man, I really Fisher Tiger was a great guy. What he went through was sad. You're not talking about what happened to him and all those things. You're talking about slavery, you're talking about whatever. You're yeah. talking about the moment and what it means to be able to say, can yeah. I let go of my hate even in my dying moment? Even if I know that I'm wrong and that this hate yeah. is driving me to a bad place, can I let yeah. go of it? And that's 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 an intellectual that's question true. that's that's animating, I think, to you. It seems like so yeah. that's what that's what you care no, about. I, I I agree. That's that's a that's a good observation. You know, it's a great <laughs> Thank option. You. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I want to ask you, you know, I don't know how well you are, you know, how well versed you are in Doflamingo's backstory. I'm curious mm -hmm. how much you that you feel like is in there, because, yes, it's in part about him. But it does, I think, have a little bit of that intellectual. Yeah. I love sort of I behind love, it. I love Dofi's backstory. You know, um, it's it's again, not. It's 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 not gonna be better than somebody like like Choppers or or Nami's to me, um, but he's just again such a well written villain as well for like almost right. like for the opposite reason that Fisher Fisher Tiger is you know what I mean he's just like Fisher and Fisher Tiger is not a villain but like you know there's he's he there's there's so much like complexity to someone like Fisher Tiger's character right whereas Dofi just he just he seems like almost like the embodiment of evil, kind of like what we're experiencing mm. with the Gorosei right now, mm. and it's 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 I don't know what kind of message because it's been a while that I, since I've read Dofi's backstory. I don't know if there was necessarily it's some like kind his, of message that Oda it's like was, his dad left the yeah no, the the nobles went down. Yeah. They, they were like, we're going to try to live among the people. Now, Dofi was always a little evil. He always kind of hated it. Like, why don't they bow in front of us, right? So he yeah. has something in there. But then after his dad tries to live among the people, they basically pin them up on the – pin them yeah. up on the uh, – on the uh, stake them up on a the crucifix cross. in front of the yeah. house yeah. and are torturing them. So you kind of understand that he might have been a little bit evil, but you understand how being raised in that situation and then yeah. having that happen to him, he might yeah. grow up in a certain way. You know, got hit by 16 bullets or whatever. They said something about 16 bullets, yeah. you know. 
you know, the, the, the wordplay emu. I'm just saying. I don't know what that means, but that's in there. 16 is a thing. No. Go on. Dolphy's do, 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 backstory was heat. There was some heat. Um, I mean, I remember even in that moment, you know, he's not like crying or begging for his life. Instead, he's he's just like screaming about how he's going to like murder all of these farmers right. and shit that are that are torturing him right now. Like he's just the reason why I said he's he maybe not as complex of a of a villain as we have in other parts of the series is he really does just seem to be like the embodiment of malice and evil. Um, I do, I do get what you're saying uh, with respect to, you know, that kind of upbringing will fuck someone up, but yeah, either way, uh, great backstory. I I enjoyed it. Uh, Not, not one of my absolute favorites, but you know, really, really solid. The next, the next backstory, I think that hits hard, is Odin's backstory, which you brought up. And it's right. funny that, what did you say? Oh, your favorite moment was the Roger laugh, right? In, yeah, in I backstory. love the Roger laugh, man. I think it's I think it's an incredible moment. Just the For panel. The, it's you turn the page, because you're on yeah. Laugh Tale. You're on this place you've been hearing about the whole time. It's the first yeah. time you've seen about the Pirate King. And you just, yeah. you say, what did he do when he found this very real, very something else treasure? And yeah. you turn the page, and it's this full page spread of him just in joyous laughter in the way that only Oda can really draw something that feels that way where the emotions of the characters sort of take precedence over the art and the style. And it's just him laughing. He just laughed. Beautiful, beautiful moment. For me, my favorite moment in that backstory was definitely Odin jumping into the oil and just putting the whole team on his back. Like, when when they're like you, just that whole moment, where the scabbards are like, oh, he's jumping in, and they try and run in with him, and he's just he's propping them all up. And I just I just remember reading the official translation and seeing how his face was like the whole the whole that whole couple of pages in that chapter where he's just going through the most excruciating kind of torture, but at the same time he is supporting all of his subordinates like that. And then at the end of it, Kaido is just like, you're going to be a legend for this. They're, they're never going to forget about you, which is true. Like, and that 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 was the moment that hit the hardest for me in that flashback. This man is hype about the, it's, 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 it's these moments about what it means to be a man, man. That's really what it is. In a way, the whole thing about letting go of your hate feels like in some ways that's about what it means to be a man for Fisher Tiger. That, that seems like yeah. that's one of those themes that really kind of hits like, on an intellectual level, thinking about what kind of man you want to be and what inspires you in that way, that feels like what I'm seeing hit for you in all these stories. I, I always thought about that Odin thing just being a hype moment, you know? Um, but there, there could be something deeper to that. Well, I'll tell you, you know, it's, it, my mom has, just to get into personal stuff, my mom has never always understood me deciding to run, right? Yeah. She's never understood me saying I'm going to bypass making however much money that I could make. You know, I work at a progressive nonprofit. I could, I make a certain amount of, I could make a whole lot more money doing whatever I want with my degrees. Yeah. And choosing to run is one of the things that's been very limiting in the amount of money I can have because I have to choose a lifestyle and a job that will fit this other really demanding thing in my life that requires a lot of discipline, time, and mostly costs money. I've had some years where it makes money. I when I read Blue Period Volume One, which is a manga about a guy who is kind of just 
pissing around in life and becomes randomly inspired by a giant painting that he sees and decides to go after art school and becoming an artist. I just remember this panel where I turned the pages and he just looks at something that he drew and he just is moved in a way where he's just so proud that he did this thing. He says, normally I'm just pissing around, going through life, whatever. And to me, I gave my mom Blue Period One as a gift to be like, maybe this can help you understand the way I feel with these things. But like, uh-huh. that's what that's what it do- did to me. It's not just that I was like, this is a hype moment. He can do this. For yeah. me, it was about feeling like, wow, this this thing where it's like suddenly I have this thing that I can truly pour myself into. And it's not always going to give back to me in the way I give to it. That's not the reality. But there's something about this effort that I put in that is shown back to me. And when I feel a moment that's a hype moment or whatever, it's often about that kind of connection for me. And I think that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. No, I, I don't. I, I, I think you, I think you're probably right. I, I don't disagree with that at all. You trying to be a man that puts um, the team on his back, man. Yeah. Yeah. Sacrifice. And then obviously, you know, the latest flashback, Kuma's flashback. What you, you mean, bro? It. You forgot about Kaido's flashback, bro. Bro, we don't talk bro, about Kaido's that. Bro, Kaido's flashback was so no, hype. No, no, As far as bro, I'm concerned, Kaido didn't have a flashback. by the Navy, bro. What are you talking about? Bro, what are you talking about, man? He got captured by the Navy, bro. Bro, he was hanging out with King, bro. Man. <laughs> There's Big you Mom, know, too. But yeah, you know, yeah, you, 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 yeah, Big Mom's flashback was pretty good, too. Yeah, yeah. You know an arc is bad? If the flashback doesn't even hit. Right, right, like, right, right. Like, that's crazy. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I did I did forget about Big Moms. Big Moms is solid. It's a very solid flashback. It's very solid. Um, yeah. We can go to yeah. we can go to the one I know you really want to talk about. Though. Yeah. We, yeah. We I just it's because it. I think it's just not on the level of Kuma's flashback, right? And Kuma's I said at the beginning, Robbins was the GOAT for the longest time. For me, for most people, I think right. they they read the series and that is their favorite flashback for a lot of reasons. Kuma's flashback is number one for me now. Right. And I, 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 I don't say it lightly because I really love Robin's flashback. But I think it's kind of like, you know what? Now it's the, you, what you said, what you just said yeah, about what right, it means to be like, a right, man, you know? It's like it, absolutely it could be, perfect. Yeah, it's yeah it fits in. Perfectly, because this guy just <laughs> suffered in silence for his whole life. Bro. His whole life, he suffered in silence, and oh, that la- I told you that last panel where he's just like, "Wish Bonnie a happy tenth birthday." It's like even at the end of all of his suffering, when his literal soul is about to be taken from him, he's not thinking about all of you know the opportunities that he's missed out on because of what he's had to do. He's just like, he's thinking about his daughter. That's it. He's like the most selfless person in the series. And I just, it's just such a beautiful, beautiful story. Bro, yeah. it's funny because I like, you know, you know, I've been ready to climb. You're like, man, this is not the top flashback, whatever. Man. <laughs> but it's, like, it's like, it really like now that I think we, we, we had a therapy moment on this podcast right now. <laughs> and it's like when I understand what it is about these flashbacks that resonates for you. Like, 
I can't I can't be mad. I can't be mad at it. Yeah. Because just as we get to the Kuma flashback and we've talked about that and be like, wait a second, that's like it's the ultimate example of a dude who is who is being the kind of man that you feel like you want to be. Yeah, like truly an admirable dude, and and he's putting putting Bonnie on his back, putting the world on his back. Yeah, it's, it's at the it's, cost it's of his moment. entire personality. It's, I can't hate anymore, man. I can't hate. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We've achieved you know- understanding. You <laughs> achieved understanding. Listen, man, you know, I want you to know, man, because sometimes we, the reason people still love me, because even though I'm such a line stepper, because <laughs> I am a line stepper, I won't lie to you. A habitual line stepper. That's a, a Dave Chappelle line, line right? Stepper. Exactly. The reason um people still love me is because I do actually get people understand, even, even, even if they don't realize it. Yeah. And I'm glad we could have this moment on this podcast. That was, that was yeah. that's a beautiful thing to. It was. That's a beautiful weird. thing to be able to realize. Yeah, you had me realizing things I didn't even know about my myself. Love to hear it, man. Therapy, yeah. One Piece, flashbacks, therapy. Yeah. And now, time for theories. We know what time it is. It's time for S tier and F tier, and. I have, I'm not going to lie. I feel like this first theory that I'm going to present to you is going to undo all of the progress that we just made in the last five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> right. right, right. So this first one comes off of Reddit, like all the theories that I find are. And the title is just, Mihawk is Kuina and I can prove it. Oh, man. Come on, man. <laughs> that, come on, man. <laughs> I need you to exp- I need you to explain this to me before I start before I get just just caught as an F minus class theory. <laughs> I need you to explain this to me. So the explanation goes: Kuina is skilled with a sword, and so is Mihawk. Kuina wants to become a boy. <laughs> so I thought he you asked- paused. I thought you were going to say that's the theory. <laughs> I was about to lose it. <laughs> Kuina is skilled to the sword, therefore she is Mihawk. <laughs> that would have been crazy. That would have been you paused and I was like, no. I was like, no, he didn't. I was like, he didn't. Kuina wants to become a boy, so he asked Ivankov to make him a man. Kuina wants to fight Zoro, and that's what she's currently planning to by becoming Mihawk. People, we misinterpreted how Kuina died. It only means that the old Kuina is dead, so they made a grave for Kuina to commemorate Kuina's old self. And now he lives his new life as Mihawk. Also, remember how Mihawk has woman clothes in his house? Yep, they are his old clothes. But <laughs> he was Kuina. This is evident when Perona was able to switch different clothes. She borrowed them from Kuina slash Mihawk. End of theory. Yeah. Oh my god! You know, man, <laughs> there is no way that this theory is true, but it is such. It's such a funny and creative theory, <laughs> right? Like it's kind of like the first person who came up before Krakamom was just like a joke. 
and yeah. and the and and crocodile being Luffy's mom is just the whole ridiculous part, right? If it was just crocodile used to be a woman or whatever, and that's fine. But crocodile being Luffy's mom is just silly. But this theory is funny enough that I'm just gonna give it an S class because it, it cracked me <laughs> up for real. It has just enough. It has just enough substance to it, <laughs> with the idea that Kuina was always stronger than Zoro. And that they're supposed to be faded, and we don't know why they're actually going to end up fighting besides Zoro wanting to fight Mihawk. And sure, whatever little thing about the the whatever little thing they have about the women's clothing in the in the closet, that's a hilarious theory. It's too funny. I can't I can't give one that's this funny and has just <laughs> enough substance to it to make me think about it. I can't give it an F class, man. I got to give it to get an F class theory. The top comment, the top comment I said, he said, never cook again. (laughs) 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 Oh my God. I was dying when reading this. Obviously untrue, but hilarious. All right, let me hear yours. Let me hear yours. All right, man. So we got we got this one from let's see, what, what, King of Lightning. I never even watched King of Lightning videos, but you know, you know, I'm on YouTube, man. You got this easy work doing this whole thing on. Uh, you know, I should save that before before you get on me and whether I have a second theory or not. But uh-huh. you got this easy work on Reddit. The God's Knights are each members of the original families that founded the world government. And so we basically know, are able to figure out who are descendants of each of those families because we have, however, we got like 12 God's Knights or whatever. Then you got the M. Nerona family, the five Elder Stars. And then you got Charlos, whatever, Doflamingo's family. It's basically that you can figure out who the descendants of each of the original world government families are with uh-huh. each of the people that we know as Celestial Dragons, the Elder Stars, M., and then the gods knights, and that gives you their place in the world. Okay, so basically the theory is that the twenty founding families were the god the whatever the god knight last names are, like you know, Figurland, all those kinds of things. Right. Emu, the Gorosei, and then I guess the Don Quixote family. Yeah, like which whatever ones there are. And then, you know, Charlos or is that Charlos and Don Quixote? Who whoever it is, yeah. like the Miosgard, whoever Loopy Punch, like but I mean, is there is there a like a more to the like I I I guess I mean I I I sure I agree with that. It makes sense, you know. The numbers kind of like add up, but like to what end, you know? Who 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 care? Who cares that you know we can be like these are the founding families? You know, do do they actually go on to say like why that will matter? Man, you see, man, this, 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 you see how they do me, man. I'm watching these theories on YouTube. I gotta watch a whole video and pay attention, man. You gotta read like, you gotta read like two paragraphs, man. That's uh-huh. hard to remember this whole. I, I even write notes, but I can't even remember it like that. I think that part of the implication is that that's why they have the ability to judge other world nobles, mm. and that that explains sort of their standing within the celestial dragon class. And sort okay. of gives us a little bit of a sense of what the politics or the societal, the, the cast of Celestial yeah. Dragons are and where they come from. But okay. I don't think there was a much deeper level I to got that. Alright. I'm gonna do the inverse. It's This is the inverse of the theory we just heard about. That <laughs> theory was 
all all like su substance or all style and no substance. I feel like this theory is probably accurate, unlike the last one. But I just don't care. <laughs> all like, substance, no style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, who who actually cares if these are you know those twelve God Knights? Those were the founding members because I feel like it's not going to matter in the story. So I'm going to say F class. F class. All right then. Yeah. I think it's about right, you know. I, I don't know if it's F class, but if you got to choose between the two, it's, it is definitely not a particularly stylish theory. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't have, if if it happened, then I'd just be like, okay, like, cool. You know, I, I, I don't really care that these are the founding members unless, like, the founding members have some special powers for some reason or something like that. I don't know. I'll come back with more next week if I if it's a more interesting theory, if it comes to be more <laughs> okay. of it, you know? Okay, I got What's you. number two from you? My second one is titled A Way for Kuma to Recover His Mind. Oh, you know I'm into that. Yep, yep. Uh, so the person says, couldn't the pawpaw fruit used to be used to extract a copy of Kuma's memories from Bonnie and insert it into like OG Kuma or one of the, you know, Seraphim or Pacifista uh, or some other body Ooh. that you think Kuma could be put into? Oh yeah, that's an S class theory right there. I'm 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 into it. I'm hundred percent into it. The idea we know huh. that the memories have been conveyed to Bonnie, which means she's experienced them, which means that they should still exist within her. And I think there has to be some kind of way for Kuma to have some semblance of personality back. Now I do think that we had the switch with Vega Punk, we had Ivankov talking about if he has a little fragment of his personality, what might be there i think it's completely this is a great this would be a great explanation to see what i think is something that must happen or be explained for this arc to really continue in a particularly interesting way so i'm gonna give it an s-class theory man that's fair you know i don't think kuma's gonna get his soul or memory back uh like you know part of it is i don't really think like there's a lot more to your soul than just your memories right other other uh, uh, like we literally know there's a, a soul soul fruit that Big Mom has, and then there's a memory memory fruit that Pudding has, right? So they're they're That's not true. quite they're not quite the same thing, right? Um, well, you, but... you just you just gotten in pretty interesting. There's there's an interesting theory to be built out of what the soul and memory mean in this world, especially since yeah. we know dreams are the things that are the energy of the world, according to Vega Punk, and that's it's true. And devil fruits have wills, you know. Now you know I have some theories about devil fruit will being the down the body. You know what that means for the dream, but <laughs> but but so I think I think you actually might have just uncorked something interesting that we can talk about another time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I will give this. I'll I'll agree with you. I'll give it an S just because just because I think <clears throat> it is something that could remotely be possible, and something that I think could be done well. But I don't actually think it'll happen. Yeah, well, that's beautiful. That's it. No, that's that's the only. Those are the theories I brought today. You have a second one, or are you going to do a, a slack off again this week? You know, man, I really wanted to pretend that I didn't have a second one for a second, just see how you reacted. <laughs> <laughs> man, you got me working hard. See, I gotta watch these videos. Some of these videos, like fifty minutes, bro. Like fifty. Why minutes. are you? Choosing to watch fifty-minute videos, watch a short video. I'm trying video. to find some interesting theories, bro. I'm trying to find interesting theories so I can come here. <laughs> and I don't look at Reddit like that. And if I use Reddit, then I might just come up with the same ones you did. So that's not gonna be good, you know. Well, but this one, I, I, I can't even remember where I got this one. 
Maybe okay. I even made – no, I didn't make this up. It might have been like Joy Boy theories or something. So we know that the Buccaneers have been persecuted by the world government, world nobles, whatever governing body we want to talk about. We say, why were they persecuted? Now, we're in a world – we got a lot of Adam and Eve imagery. We got Adam and Eve trees. That we've had, There's speculation about a snake on the red line. That's a lot of Genesis imagery. And so this idea is that they had the original sin of bringing the devil fruits into the world and eating them. Mm. And that's the reason they're the first ones to eat the devil fruits. And they're the ones and, – and that's why they became the people that got erased from the world. Huh. That's, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, Is – so there is like, you know, a lot of Adam and Eve stuff and, you know, there's the Jormungandr theories and whatnot. But like, I don't think anyone I've never heard of them tied specifically to the Buccaneer tribe. I actually kind of have always been of the belief that the devil fruits are more of a power that the world government created. Right. Someone like Saturn, who is like the minister of science or whatever, something that he created to combat. um like the powerful hockey of the ancient kingdom, right? Uh, it seems like a lot in the series has pointed toward, like, I, I don't want to say ha has, has made it seem like, you know, devil fruits are good and are bad and hockey is good, because that's, that's not true. But like that, um, you know, Kaido says during Wano, you can have as powerful a devil fruit you want. What determines how high you can climb in the world is your strength of will, right? Your hockey. Right. Mm. So I wouldn't I don't I don't have a reason to expect the Buccaneers specifically to be tied to this whole, you know, Adam Eve stuff um, or to the devil fruit specifically. Um, I, I, I actually think devil fruits are a creation of the world government. Uh, oh, well, maybe. Well, who knows? Well, it might, it might I, well I, be. Yeah. I think that. It could be, you know, that this is not one of those theories that feel right. Theories that are too substantive, like the God Knights when we talked about, don't have yeah. any style. They don't have yeah. any style, right? Like being like, oh, are the Seraphim, uh, are the Seraphim come from the Warlords? I look. Some people might have thought that was wrong initially. You know, some <laughs> people might have been been thought that was wrong initially, but it didn't have any style. It wasn't like an interesting, fun thing to theorize about. Really? This one is is in the realm of things that's a little bit more hypothetical, but I do yeah. think that to me there's this big question of what did the Buccaneers do specifically to deserve being erased from the world? Yeah. And especially with both their strength and also their connection, it seems, to the mythology of the world, seeming to have some idea of what Nika is. Like why the world government wants to know why that, that, that there is supposed to be a warrior of liberation and what their characteristics are. I think it kind of makes sense for them to have something to do with the origin story of whatever state of the world we've gotten into. I get what you're saying. I'm still going to give it an F tier because oh, man, come on, I think man. it's wrong. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I, bro, I think you it's can't like just give it an F tier because you think it's wrong, bro. No, no, no. Because I don't I think there's not just because I, you know. I thought that the 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 last one uh, that we presented, right, the paw paw fruit one, was wrong. Right. But I was just like, 
you know, that's that felt like more of my opinion. This one feels like there's more stuff in the story that is like that 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 is suggesting that there's a lot of reaches happening in this theory. But it's interesting. It's very interesting. You know, I would be intrigued if this was the case. But I can't be giving out my my S S is reserved to, for a like you can't be watering down what S is reserved for things like Mihawk is actually Kawina. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> There's a standard we have to hold. <laughs> There's a standard we have to hold for what mass class theory is, and Mihawk yes. equals Kawina is absolutely the <laughs> the pinnacle of that standard. Amen. Speaking of standards, man, you know who has some standards? Yeah. Did you see that Jonathan Owens apparently has standards? The safety for the Packers went on some fancy. Wait, wait, what? Who are you talking about? Well, man, you know, I didn't. You know, I had to Google him and what position he played too. So I didn't know. You mean Simone Biles' husband, right? Simone Biles' husband, exactly. Simone Biles' husband. They were on some talk show together, podcast talking. And he said, when we started dating, I didn't know who she is, saying he's the catch, even though they were on a famous person app. That's and she's crazy. obviously like the most decorated gymnast of all time, whatever. What yeah, do you think, man? No. What's your reaction to that? I feel like there are there are two character qualities that are horrible when you combine them, and that's overconfidence and ignorance. And this guy was clearly both, <laughs> right? Because I don't know <laughs> how – I mean, okay, I get that some people aren't as, like, you know, in touch with, like, athletics and stuff as me. And, like, you know, some people haven't heard of Simone Biles and whatnot. But to go on a podcast and just say that about your partner, first of all, be like, yeah, I, I didn't know who she was when she's one of the most famous, like, famous uh, active athletes right now is just, like, out of touch, Right. And to say you're the catch is also, I have a problem. I have a problem when, me, like, I have a problem when women say that in, in speaking general generalities about that. And I have a problem when he said that as well. And I actually got into like a big back and forth with my sister about that because she's, she's, she's kind of going through phase right now where she's like angry at some men right now she's like men are trash and i was like men you know in toronto anyway you know I, yeah i kind of agree with you uh and i was like it's wild that you would say that i was like yeah it's wild that he would say that about uh his partner and she's like i know women are she's basically like women are the catch and i was just like well i wouldn't say that either <laughs> you know? and this led us to a whole thing where we were talking about all of these, like, you know, gender norms and what what is acceptable and what's not. And I, I started to get a little passionate, right? Because we agreed on so, on so many of these things. I was like, I do think it's like an outdated gender norm to, like, expect, you know, uh, your wife to do X, Y, and Z for you or your girlfriend to do X, Y, and Z for you. But then we, we started talking about some other gender norms, uh, like this expectation that some women have, like apparently my sister has, that, you know, women need to be courted and because they are the quote unquote prize in a relationship. Right. That's right? what my mom is like too, man. That's what my mom is like. And I was like, 
I, I looked at her. I was like, what makes you more of a catch than someone like me, for example, right? I was like, you are a wonderful person that any guy would be lucky to, to be with. And you should rightfully have high standards for any man that goes out with you. But I'm also a catch. You know, I'm I, I, I'm in I'm in med school. You know, I keep I'm in I'm in pretty good shape. You know, I know how to yeah, cook. Bro, I know how to ugly. bake. I know how to clean. I know how but to do ugly, But you ugly, bro. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. You don't need to get personal, okay? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> and it just, it was this thing where I was just like, I, I started to get a little bit annoyed because I was just like, we both agree that there are certain gender gender norms that are out of date and need to be changed, right? Like, you know, you should, I feel like, while some men still do expect, you know, their their girlfriends to like be a housemaker or whatever, that is a norm that I think most most a lot of people in society agree we need to move in a in in a more progressive direction. But I was right. like, how how come when something doesn't suit your your uh I don't want to say narrative, but when something is not in your favor, like let's say a guy paying uh for like the meals when you're going out and stuff like that. Like, uh-huh, you know, I don't or know or women having to be the ones that are court because a lot of girls make their own money. Most girls do, right? My hey, girlfriend and I make the same I amount of money. Make their own money. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? So I was just like, how come you you don't you don't want these gender norms that are in your favor to 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 move in any direction? Well, bro, for me, I think the piece that's interesting about the story is it's just this kind of power dynamic in the relationship. Right. I remember when I, with my ex-girlfriend, there was at one point where she started, she would joke and be like, who liked who first? I mean, first of all, she liked me first, but the the point to me was never about who liked who first. It's, it's really just about, it should really just be a partnership, right? It should be like, yep. You know, maybe one of us liked the other one first. Maybe one of us liked the other one second and the other one came around. It really doesn't matter who liked who first, who liked who when. Like, we should just be in this relationship together trying to enjoy being together. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's, that's happening is just kind of like this this power dynamic and this, this fight for power between men and women in relationships. Well, you know, got these dudes watching Jordan Peterson videos out here trying to be like, to be a man, you got to be a high value and freaking Andrew Tate, yeah. whatever. Be like, I got to be Andrew a high Tate. value man. That kind of thing. And really, like, in a way, that's kind of bad behavior, too, because you should really, like, you should, you should both, while you should want your partner, your woman, your wife, whatever, girlfriend to treat you like a catch, you should also be yeah. treating her like a catch. That, that should be mutual. 100% agree. That's facts. And that's all I was trying <laughs> to get across. <laughs> but for some reason, you know, right. it took, it, it, it was, the point wasn't taken all that well. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, man, I'll tell you, it's definitely in this day and age, it's one of those things that's always very heated. But man, I'll be going out on these first dates. I'll, I'll be out here saying, we're going to split this bill. And I had a woman, uh, one, I had a girl once. Yeah. I mean, I don't say it in, the, in that in that voice, in that tone. Yeah. I had a girl once say, oh, I, I left my wallet in the car. You can go get it. I said, she, I said you can Venmo me. I said you. I said I know you didn't just show up on this date with no wallet, with not not even to pretend yeah. like you're about to pay, like you're about to use me for a free meal. Oh no, bro. Oh no. I, I told when I was telling my sister this, she was just like, "If you're not going to pay for my meal, you're giving broke." 
And I was just like, first of all, first of all, if if the finance, I understand people are in different financial situations, right? If I make like 10 times more than you as a guy, you know, it, it, like I'm, I just happen to be in a better financial place than whoever I'm dating. I, I, I actually don't think we should be splitting stuff 50-50, right? Because I'm in a better place financially. Then, right. Right. But like this girl, let's say she's making a similar amount to you, maybe even making more than you. Like you said, you don't make a whole lot of money, right? Oh, yeah. The expectation, the expectation. The expectation that you should be the one paying the bill, uh, and that like that is the if if you're kind enough to just be like I got it because you want to do it, great. But the audacity to come with no wallet and just be like that's crazy, you know, right? That's crazy. Yeah, that's that's audacity. I tell you though, man. You know Jonathan Owens. Now, first of all, I, this dude's from St. Louis and went to CBC. I definitely have been to like high school mixers with this dude because I would go to like CBC mixers like the cat they'd have like dances or whatever, you know, and you go and try and, you know, grind on some girls or whatever. I definitely have been to mixers that this dude was at at some point. So that's that's just kind of funny because we're about the same age anyway. Um, Do you believe that he didn't know who Simone Boz was? I, I believe I believe him. I just, yeah, I don't think he should have said it, but I do believe, I, I don't think if he well, knew like, who I she think was, you could say that. Yeah, You can say that if you're like, yeah, I don't really follow the Olympics. In right? public? Like, well, I think uh, you can say I didn't know who she was, right? That's that's a completely yeah. reasonable thing to say. If there are people who live under different rocks, I don't know a lot of musicians. He might not, a lot of people who watch the Olympics yeah. really intensely are not normal sports fans. They're just people who care yeah. about the Olympics and tune in. He might have been someone who's just watching the NFL. So, you know, maybe he's watching basketball in the summer. Maybe That's he's weird. even watching baseball. St. Louis is big on the Cardinals. And and he just didn't happen to follow the Olympics. I think that's that's completely reasonable and yeah. maybe possible. It's the fact that, but maybe it's, it's, it's the fact saying that he it in it. a way yeah. that is like, no, I wasn't impressed. I didn't care who she was. I'm on the Packers. I'm a catch. Like, bro, come I think on. that's I think that's why. Yeah. I think it's the following following that statement up with me being him saying that I am the catch. Kind of it makes it seem like he's demeaning her a little bit. Right. But I guess right. I, I, I do agree, like it's there are people in the world who don't know who Simo Biles is. It's not like everybody in America knows who, who she is. And I'll tell you, she won't be – she she definitely isn't and won't be the, the first um, woman to be in a relationship where one of the things that she has to do is stroke her man's ego a little bit to keep things going smoothly. <laughs> she won't yep. be the first. Won't be the first. But oh, man, let, let me tell you something about – something that hit me in, in the ego, you know, because I think I'm a catch, you know. I think I'm a very handsome man. Mm. So I was out last night at dinner okay. with our friend Joaquin – and my dad. <laughs> I think you might even know where the story is going based on the setup we've had. So, you know, as you may know, we I have a friend named Jordan Seabury. Now, me and Jordan Seabury have beautiful a lot of man. things. He's, he's a beautiful man. <laughs> he's a beautiful... We, had a, we have a lot of things in, some, in, in common. We're both mixed race, black parent, white parent. We both are from... Illinois, he's from Chicago, I'm from Springfield. We both love comics. He likes American comics, I like manga. And so I show up in a lot of places in Providence because we both live here in Providence, Rhode Island. And I'll say, oh, I'm Jordan. Like, oh my God, I've heard so much about you. I'm like, oh no, 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 you think about the other Jordan. The other crazy thing is there's a, it, 
there's another activisty Jordan because there's always an activist space out here. There's another activisty Jordan who's mixed race, <laughs> light skin with dreadlocks, and I'm like, I don't even know anymore which one of us that you think I am. <laughs> Where does my life begin and his life end? Right, right, exactly. There's, there's three of us now. It's too much, but Jordan's a very beautiful man. I've, I've been out with him. You know, we go to Five Guys, girl at the counters gives him her number we you know and he's a menace too in the way that you notice that most of us when we look at women are at the very least trained out of just gawking because that does not go well for us you know we sort of peak very slowly and this man just turned his head 180 degrees whenever he's looking at it. i said man you and how in the world have you not been trained out of that <laughs> so this I is was at dinner. Jordan Seabear, right? This, this is Jordan Seabear. Uh... This is not okay. me. The beautiful man. Okay. So I am at dinner last night with our friend Joaquin and my dad. And my dad, we uh, a couple years ago, we went out, all four of us, Jordan Seabury. And I made a joke. We were, ta- we were talking about, you know, my dad said, <laughs> my dad said Joaquin looks like Inaki Godoy. I was like, all right, we're just going to move on with this. <laughs> and, and you know, making jokes that Joaquin looks very handsome. You know, I said, I... Mm-hmm. You know, I think I'm I'm handsome too, but I said I'm not even the best looking. You okay? Actually, that's not even how it came up. It came up as yeah. part of a big thing. But my dad saying he had low okay. self-esteem, getting back in dating. I said I'm not. Joaquin tells me I'm not even the best looking. Jordan, mixed race, black and white. Jordan from Illinois who loves comics, living in Providence. He's not and wrong. My own dad. Yeah. Just smiles and goes, you know. He's a good looking guy. Yeah. I heard no lies. I said, I, I said you're my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you're my dad. <laughs> he said, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. You're not a I child said, anymore. You could have just said, not said something. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know, maybe if you were 12, you know, he might have to lie to you and Protect your ego a little bit. You're a grown man. I'm going to give it to you. This man is better looking than you. (laughs) And and we both know it. Why can't we just both be different? I can't just be a different, handsome Jordan. No, I've met. At least I have nice abs. He's he's got it. He's got got you. Man. It just hurts. It hurts to hear that you already knew it was coming from Abraham. I already knew it was coming from our friend Joaquin and and to come you know, from my own dad. <laughs> you know what you wanted? I'll tell you what you wanted out of your dad. Tom Brady had a story once where he's talking about his mom. And his mom is on the phone with him. She's just like, hey, Tommy, you know, you know, you're so great, Tommy. That boy Cam, <laughs> that boy Cam Newton. You can run just as fast as Cam Newton can run. <laughs> he's, to, he's telling the story about how his mom will, you know, a mom looks at you and you're like the apple of her eye, right? To the point where she can look at an unathletic 40-year-old Tom Brady and be like, he's just as fast as a prime Cam Newton, right? Is that what you wanted your dad to, to well, say you know what you know what man I, I was in the play in high school with our friend Chris Noda. My mom came to see the play. I said, Mom, you think this play was good? She said, it was good for high schoolers. <laughs> <laughs> I said, so 
look, my mom is not Tom Brady's momming it. My mom is not Tom Brady's momming it. I said, I need this support from my dad in this moment. I don't even need him to say anything. I think he could just laugh. He could just laugh. He doesn't have to add on. Because when my dad says it, I'm done. Yep. I'm done. I don't know what to tell you, bro, but there were no lies told. That's my own blood, man. I said, Joaquin, I think you're a handsome man. Yeah, I don't think Abraham handsome. I think he ugly. Come on, bro. You know that's a lie. We don't need to be. We don't need to be lying. One day we're gonna put out. One day we're gonna put out the the vid, the MP4 version of this, and and people are gonna be like, I can't believe Jordan was capping all this time. <laughs> He's a good looking guy. <laughs> I, I'll make you. I, I'll make you get your abs right first. Now. Yeah. Hey. Hey. You know, I hit uh. 335 on my deadlift, by the way, earlier Ooh, this week. You, you were way lower than that last time, weren't you? That's a big difference. That's a big increase. Yeah. I got some straps, some lifting straps, and it made mm. all the difference in the world. Mm. Does it count so, if you, you use lifting straps? Or is that just for your back or what? What's... No, it's for your forearms. Because a lot of times your grip strength is going to limit how much you can lift as you oh, get closer to your sure, one rep. Sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, that makes sense. Because, like, your are Listen, man, I'll be in the gym. Like I'll just be doing random like exercises that are very easy, and I can uh-huh. do all this leg stuff. Yeah, I could. I can do four by three of of two fifty on a trap bar deadlift, right? Like that's that's not even a bother for me. My legs are strong. Yeah, but I'll be doing a little like you know downwards dog. I'm like, man, my arms is starting to get my biceps are getting tired. <laughs> oh my god, that's what that's what happens, man. When you're a distance runner, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's tough, but let, I, I'll tell you one thing, man. You know, there's there's a, a friend, you know, a, a lady friend who I had one time who was, uh-huh. she came into town. She was my former roommate, my then roommate's friend who was coming through town. You know how that situation goes. Uh-huh. And I joked, you know, I, I said, you know, I promise you the rest of me is better than my face. <laughs> that That's the best <laughs> part. Damn. You haven't... You haven't you, Whoa, got, well, you roasted yourself harder than your dad ever could. <laughs> I, I didn't say it in those words. I didn't say, well, hold on. It's, it, it's not roasting myself because I'm saying it only gets better. <laughs> I'm saying it only gets better. And she said, uh-huh. honestly, I saw you before and I was like, you know, he's a fine looking guy. And then I saw you in the short shorts and I saw your legs and I said, that's a very attractive man. I said, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So that's that's I know that I look like a normal skinny fat guy all the rest of the time. I could be any dude who doesn't exercise, but you know, the rest of it, the rest of it, that's, that's my only chance of, uh, yeah. Catching up to certain people, although maybe not others. Yeah. It's okay. Anyway, on that uplifting note. Yep. This has been your fast friend who has a better body than face. And your smart friend who has a better brain than body. It's, wow. Oh, wow. God damn. As Jordan and Avery, I should have said better. I should have said God better damn. brain than face. I just, need to say, I just need to say something, man. That's that's the end of the show. Like, comment, subscribe. This has been a great show. We'll catch all you right. all later. Take it easy. <laughs>